Welcome back to the On Life Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about searching for a church. And I think uh, just as we've uh, talked with online students and as we've um, kind of interacted with them online, we've kind of begun to see that um, this is kind of a natural next step for those who have kind of um, you know, started their faith journey. And there's a lot of questions that arise that are just like, you know, when I'm searching for a church, what does that look like? What should I consider when searching for a church. And so uh, we thought this would be a great opportunity to um, do a podcast about it. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Whether you're new in your faith journey or if you've moved, like I think a lot of online students move, start Mm -hmm. new jobs, like Mm -hmm. life, you know, just happens to us. So um, you don't, if you're lucky, you get to find one church and just settle in for your whole life. But I feel like that's, that's rare. So I'm excited. So Marissa, who are we talking to today? Today, we are talking to PJ. PJ is the director of LU Shepherd and also the pastor of a local church here in Lynchburg called Hope Co. So thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Excited to be with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll jump right in. Um, what is an important foundation or like what is the baseline that we should be able to expect churches to have? As we are searching yeah that's a good question uh, because uh, a lot of churches look different uh, uh, nowadays and um, if you ask uh, some people you know uh, some people are um, really concerned about the way churches look aesthetically mm-hmm. you know uh, some people are drawn to coffee and donuts <laughs> come, come on somebody right, <laughs> right? And, uh, but <laughs> when, when you talk about uh, the foundation of the church and, and what the church will look like of course you have to go biblically and um, of course uh, a familiar piece of scripture is acts 2 uh, 42 uh, where it talks about how uh, the apostles they 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 follow the uh, the apostles teaching the first church and in fellowship and in prayer and they also participated in the ordinances of, of the Last Supper. And, and then, of course, Jesus commanded them to uh, make disciples and baptize people. And, and so they participated in those. And so I think as as you look for a church, uh, th- those are the foundations. You should have uh, a church that is teaching the truth of the gospel, uh, that, they're, <laughs> that they're founded in the scriptures, their mm-hmm. teachings, um, that there should be a fellowship that happens. Uh, whether it's small groups, uh, whether it's, um, you know, uh, some type of discipleship group, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of churches call it different, different things. Uh, I also think fellowshipping before and after church, you know, kind of hanging out, getting to know each other. Uh, there also should be um, a devoted time to prayer where, where the church uh, prays together, both corporately and, and also individually. And then uh, there should be a regular taking of, of the Lord's Supper, remembering what mm-hmm. uh, the price that Jesus Jesus Christ uh, uh, paid for us. And then uh, as you are making disciples, baptism should be happening. Mm-hmm. All right, so if yeah. baptisms aren't happening, then you're like, uh, um, maybe I have to keep my eye out <laughs> for this. And so so those, those are the, uh, some of the important foundations uh, that a church should have. Would you say there are any like red flags to keep an eye out? I mean, obviously, like some of them are very obvious, like heresy from the pulpit, like mm-hmm. get out. <laughs> but like, are there any more like subtle things that maybe you'd have to discern rather than just like observe more wow, obviously? That's, that's a good question. And and I'll answer that carefully uh, because we're living in a time where, where people are, um, you know, we're, we're divided on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. 
and and people can be uh, critical uh, when it when it comes to some things. Uh, but I, I do believe that as we um, look at these things, we go back, especially if we take the teachings uh, of the scripture, uh, we have to make sure uh, we have to be like the Bereans uh, in the book of Acts. Like if somebody, a pastor stands up and he and he uh, teaches and he shares, we have to go back and examine the scriptures uh, for ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and show us, okay, uh, is he rightly or is he or she rightly dividing uh, the word of truth? And, and so uh, I think that that's important. Um, that that's a, you can look for that red flag if the if the person that's sharing uh, consistently, the lead pastor, assistant pastor, if they aren't really preaching from the scriptures, mm. right? If mm. they're um, there's a lot of uh, now people preaching things that are happening in the culture. Uh, instead of uh, preaching the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? And so our job as a pastor, as a leader in the church, is to stick to the scriptures, mm-hmm. to yeah. say what Jesus said. I went to a church one time, and the whole sermon, he didn't open his Bible once. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's that's a major red flag. Yeah, so I didn't go back. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah. you know what you're saying is good, like, as far as like a TED Talk. Like, it's yeah. very right. inspiring, right. Yes. but it is not the mm. word of god yes. so yeah yes. and Great. and and um for you guys listening to this I'm 51 years old and I got saved when I was about 25 26 years old and I got saved in a uh can I say it this way, an old school black Baptist church, mm-hmm. you know, where the preaching of the scriptures was was held highly mm-hmm. and, and the reading and the studying of the scriptures was held highly. And um, you were held accountable for what you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, that that has carried on with me. And I'm thankful for that for that yeah. foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. Um, yeah, and so to to stand before people. And, and not open the scriptures or talk right. about anything in the mm-hmm. scriptures, you know, that that's beyond me. I, I don't even <laughs> know that. You'd be held accountable. Yeah, for that. yeah. held, held yeah, accountable yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, for that. And so, um, and now let me even also say this too, uh, for those who may hear that, uh, what she, what she talked about and, you know, he didn't, didn't, uh, open the scriptures and, and I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, that I'm assuming that you meant, you know, he didn't really say anything about the scriptures or preach, uh, from the scriptures because, and I, and I, and I'm trying to divide, bring up a line because some people, uh, now will be critical if you're not holding this sure. book, right? Right. Mm-hmm. If you're not holding yeah. uh, the Bible and opening up the Bible and turning through the pages. Now, mm-hmm. uh, we're in a, you know, in a technology mm-hmm. age, and, yeah. and of course, you know, you use the projectors and the screens and all that, where you put the scriptures up there. Now, that's 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 fine, yep. right? And so, I want to make sure, sure we not yeah. we we draw Open a line or to, turn on your Bible, yeah. right? You know? Right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, make sure the person is is, mm-hmm. is preaching from the scriptures, yeah. and don't be critical and be like, well, they don't, they weren't holding the Bible, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. that's not, yeah, that's being like I said, that's being critical, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. instead of you know. Uh, really uh, right seeing that the person is rightly dividing the word of truth sure. yeah. yes what do you say to like a new believer who's looking at this and saying man there's so many churches i mean just in lynchburg alone there's hundreds and hundreds of churches mm-hmm. um, over 400 in lynchburg yeah so different <laughs> different denominations yes, and different belief systems and everything what do you say to somebody like that who's just saying like Point me in the right direction. Like, give me at least some sort of, um, you know, roadmap to help me kind of narrow down 400 churches into something mm. that I can choose yeah. from. Yeah. It's, um, 
you know, as you think about it, uh, we're, we're living in this, going back to, you know, of course, the time we're living in, and um, COVID changed a lot mm-hmm. of, of how a lot of churches operate, uh, mainly your smaller churches who never had live stream or anything like that, or maybe didn't have a website or anything. Uh, COVID changed that a lot, I think, for the good, um, and because of many of our, our smaller churches, and, and please hear this the right way, a smaller uh, traditional churches didn't feel the need to live stream or anything like mm-hmm. that but we're we're in a time now where uh, many people aren't coming back to your church uh, but they will watch it live stream and so uh, to answer your question I think one of the uh, a few different ways to um, people can check out churches is by live stream mm-hmm. yeah right um, by live stream you know looking at their website if a church has an app or something like that, they can look at those things and and, and find out more uh, mm-hmm. about the church. I, I have people uh, all the time that come to our church, um, they start coming physically uh, because they watched online. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, yeah, that's cool, yeah. yeah they, they they heard what was preached. They they you know heard the worship and and all that, and they got to see some of the people uh, there, mm-hmm. the makeup of the church, and all that, and yeah. and so, um, so they they saw that and and it helped them. And, and let me even, let me even say this, and I know you asked me to get this deep about it, uh, but uh, our, our church is is um, multi ethnic, mm. uh, multi generational. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also living in a time if I meet somebody just out on the street and somebody and I tell them that I pastor a church, um, let me be honest with you. I'm African-American. Uh, for those who are listening, you can't see me. Right? Um, a lot of people assume it's an African-American church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you would be shocked. Many people are shocked when they come to our church mm-hmm. uh, because. It's just the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the family of God isn't yeah. just. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I <laughs> yeah. love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. You know, yeah. and, um, you know, like for, that's something that I love is like yeah. if your church uh, congregation actually looks like the body of Christ. Yeah. You right. Yes. Old, young. Absolutely. Uh, Every race, every nationality. I think it's going to be so cool to get to heaven and like be able to look around and be like, everybody's here. (laughs) Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I bring that up to bring it back to um, being able to see a live stream. You know, it, yeah. it, it makes a difference. So people who watch our live stream, they're able to see that we are multi-ethnic, multi-generational yeah. mm-hmm. in that way. So, yeah. What would you say? I know a lot of people that to your point, COVID live streaming mm-hmm. like that was super helpful um, to kind of get us through that season. But what would you say to the people that are content to just live stream and never make that step of like going in person? Cause you know, way back in your intro, you were talking about the community and mm-hmm. the body and small groups mm-hmm. and discipleship. And a lot of those things just don't happen when you're watching church on your couch by yourself. Right. And so like, what is, what is that journey like um, yeah. transitioning? Um, let me say to you, uh, if, if that's you, that live stream cannot replace community. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have to avoid that temptation just to sit and watch the live stream. Because let me be flat out honest with you guys, uh, as a pastor, and we um, we were doing three services at one point, and then COVID happened, and so we were just live streaming, and a lot of times we were pre-recording the message. Um, man, it felt good. 
Can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. It, it felt good to to be able to record the message and sit at home. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be honest with you. I was you know. in a, a worship group for my church at the yes. time, so we would go and we would pre-record the worship, yes. and then yeah, Sunday just yeah, yeah. If you mess up, you can just bagel. do it again. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. great. Yeah. And I was, you sit at home Sunday and watch it, and you know. <laughs> I love people, but sometimes you you know people can be mm-hmm. people, people, right? Yep. <laughs> and so you don't have to necessarily deal with people. And and I'll be honest with you, it felt good. And I even you know I consider like, man, could I do this long term? Could I just mm-hmm. create videos and put them out there uh, long term? But uh, also just man, once we were able to come back together, it's like oh, this is so good. Yeah, you know, like you can't beat being in community yeah. uh, with people, regardless of how uh, you know, uh, me and people being people at times, and 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 I'm one of those people <laughs> at times. But it is yeah. so good to be in community. So I'll just say, uh, resist the the temptation to to stay at home and yeah. to just watch it online because it it's something to interact with people, to hug. I'm a hugger to hug people. <laughs> you know, to be able to have a conversation uh, with people. It's it, it's huge, and so uh, you have to you have to fight that. Mm. And uh, but. We also live in the reality that some people, they're more comfortable with that. Some yeah. people don't like the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so uh, COVID made it easier for them to, you know, that they don't have that high anxiety level by trying to come come in, figure out a place to park, trying to get into the crowd mm-hmm. and somewhere to sit and sitting next to somebody and all that. And so uh, we live in that reality that, that some people are not are not coming back. How do you maybe help that person who's like, I want to come, I want to be involved, but there is that anxiety there? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, going back to what I mentioned earlier, to um, to watch online. First, as you're thinking about maybe coming to a church, uh, watch online, kind of find out how uh, the church flows, find out a little bit about, of course, the pastor and the, and the staff and look on the website, you know, find those things out. And uh, also maybe seek out some people who, who you may know that that goes to the church and, and ask them uh, about the church and maybe connect with them. Uh, most churches, as, as you enter into them, have a, a new here or first time here uh, area or table or something like that. Uh, that's something that you should go to uh, first and, and check out and uh, get more information uh, about that. And, and so uh, I think those are, are some things that the person can do uh, to, to help yeah. them with that anxiety of, of stepping into a church, especially for the first time. The Online Life team is dedicated to providing online students community and development during their degree. To find both in one place, join one of our developmental book studies. Our team will send you a copy of whichever book study you are looking to join and then conduct virtual meetings to discuss topics and questions that you may have. For more information, visit www.liberty.edu forward slash online student life and select personal resources. All right, welcome back to the On Life Podcast. We're here with PJ talking about uh, searching for a church and getting plugged in. Um, so just some kind of follow-up questions that um, that I have are, are sort of like you've you've made that step, right? Like you've started going to a church. What's your role as a as a new member of a church or a new congregant at the church? 
Yeah, I think you're uh, <laughs> the you, you've accomplished the first role, right? And that's going. Yeah, right. I think that's the first thing is is to go. And we just talked about that a few minutes ago. Uh, resist the temptation to to stay at home and and not go and be involved with the body of Christ. Again, uh, Hebrews ten twenty twenty five says, "Do not forsake mm-hmm. the assembling of yourselves together." Yeah. You know, and so we ought to assemble together. Now, I I think that goes beyond just going to a physical church building, we ought to always assemble with other uh, believers, other people who who believe in Christ. And so uh, first, you know, you go and then I believe you you get involved. Yeah. The So a follow up question to that one. Uh-huh. Is there ever a season where you think it's truly time for someone to take a step back from a season of like serving? I went to a church about been about a year now and i i've switched churches since then mm-hmm. but at the time i was getting i was serving on the worship team i was serving mm-hmm. in the youth group i was serving on the kids team yes. and because of worship team i was also serving worship for the middle school group yes and i was serving everywhere and i had someone sit down with me and because i was so burnt out and i, mm-hmm. I was at youth group one night and the main female leader sat down with me and i was like i'm doing so much and i feel like i'm not doing enough and mm-hmm. she reminded me, because I, I wasn't feeling fulfilled, I wasn't feeling close with the Lord because of my yeah. service, which yes. is not necessarily the point. Yes. But she looked at me and she was like, okay, Marissa, on your priorities list, the top priority is God, the top priority is not service. Mm-hmm. So how do you look at someone when they're trying to figure out, is this a season of service for me and mm-hmm. worship through that service? Or am I being lazy? Am I being burnt? Like, how do you discern what like season it is for you? Like that balance between yeah. service and... Yeah. Dedication to your time with yeah. the Lord. Yeah. 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 yeah let, me, let me say to you, it, it is perfectly fine for a person to step back from serving. Yeah. It, it, it's okay because <laughs> what happens is uh, when you're in the church and when you're gifted, mm-hmm. right, you're asked to serve in multiple areas. Yeah. <laughs> I had somebody tell me I was a Swiss Army knife one time. Swiss, <laughs> he said, I, you're a Swiss Army knife of service. You need to be careful. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Absolutely. that's very good. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we as as pastors and leaders can be guilty mm-hmm. of uh, because we see the giftedness that somebody has and we can like, okay, can you do this? Will you do this? And, mm. and, and, and many of you know, uh, especially in church ministry, uh, just like in a lot of ministries, um, while you might have a lot of people coming, there's only the faithful few that actually mm, yeah. uh, serve and, and really <laughs> get, uh, show up every Sunday yeah. to get the job done. And, and so um, that it's okay to step back, yeah. you know, for, for a season uh, from serving. Uh, just be transparent with you. Uh, I was at a church and on staff one time and, and we were we were serving constantly and um, I was uh, one of the pastors on staff. I also led the youth ministry, also did next steps, uh, you know, and um, about six months into this new role, I I thought, man, if I go to this church one more time, Mm. you know, I'd been there so much. You know, there was a Saturday night service. There was two Sunday morning. And if there was a a youth service, it was Sunday night. And Mm -hmm. I'm serving in all of them and, you know, missing out time on family and stuff like that. And I thought, man, I I can't I can't (laughs) do this anymore. It's it's a lot. And so it's it's okay uh, to to step back. This uh, isn't really the like topic of the the episode necessarily. But now I'm curious. 
like how do you have that conversation because we're like oh yeah you're allowed to step back mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. somebody who is a people pleaser perfectionist like doesn't know what that boundary looks like if you have a pastor someone that you trust saying no like lean in i know it's uncomfortable but god is with you like those all sound mm-hmm. very reasonable right um so what does that conversation sound like of like no pastor like this is what scripture says about rest and yes. about yes you know boundaries now are you asking from are, are you the person that needs to have the conversation that's burnt out and yes. needs to have it or are you yes. saying from the pastor to the i mean both oh, okay, but i was okay. thinking more of the, the, the burned okay. out person yeah, how do you how do you draw that line pressure to still <laughs> yes. yeah yes. how do you draw the stick line and stick out. to it yes you um you have to draw the line and stick to it <laughs> <laughs> so you you have to be able to to um, get up enough courage, you know, pray ask God for boldness and courage because sometimes uh, we shrink back from having those tough conversations mm-hmm. and and just and, and go to the pastor. And for me, speaking as a pastor, um, the one thing I, I love is when people come to me and, mm-hmm. and tell me uh, what's going on instead of uh, talking to everybody else about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and or stop showing up. Yeah. It's like, where did Marissa go? Right. Right. Like, where, you know, <laughs> she where did yeah, she yeah, go? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and that's what some people do. Right. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, you, you, you have to have uh, enough of the spirit in you, yeah. of the God in you, to be able to have this conversation and say, hey, Pastor, this is where I am right now. Yeah. And and I would I would venture to say that most pastors would will accept that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you're a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they would accept that and, and, and give you that time that you need to, to step away uh, so that you can be refreshed and re-energized and come back. Yeah. Now, yeah. Let, me, let me tell you this, guys, and I know you didn't ask, ask this, but we have things built in to at the hope company we have things built into our normal flow of church in order to help our volunteers get rest Mm. every third sunday we do what's called serve sunday that's cool and so we don't have in-person service Mm. uh we um we serve in the community now our people who constantly serve every sunday I, i tell them hey you have the option right we're not I'm not looking at you and asking you to come serve with us because you serve every Sunday. So mm-hmm. take the take the time to rest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when there's a fifth Sunday of the month, we call it Selah Sunday. We all rest. I love that. And so we don't we don't have service. Yeah, that's cool. And and so and I don't even make a video to send out. Uh, on that day. So on the third Sunday, I make a, I create a video kind of going back to COVID times. Mm-hmm. I create a, a video to send out so they can pull it up, watch it. And we, we stream it at certain times throughout the day. Uh, so people can still be plugged in uh, with the series or whatever that we're doing. But then when there's a fifth Sunday, uh, we call it say last Sunday, we want to intentionally rest. And really that a lot of that comes back to how I felt when I was serving with this one ministry mm-hmm. And like felt burnt out and didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I never want our volunteers to to feel that way. And so uh, that's why uh, we have that serve Sunday and also say last Sunday. Have you have you ever gotten kickback from that at all from people like, oh, you're not going to church every week. Like, what's your response to that? Yes. Yeah, I get kicked. Well, you know, (laughs) let me say this, too. I'm I'm. 
six two, about two seventy five, two eighty. Not to my face. <laughs> people know better. <laughs> but, people got but, some wisdom. Know, there, there are some people that don't come to our church because it, it, it throws them off. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, we don't. You know, but if you've been at our church long enough, you know this is our rhythm. We call it rhythm of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is our rhythm of life. This is how, if you've been there, you know every third Sunday we're not in person. We're serving in the community. Mm-hmm. You can come serve with us. Uh, but we have are some they, people. Are they church-organized service, or is it just like you as an individual or maybe a family or a neighborhood yeah, well, serve? Well, a com- combination of okay. both. And so we partner with uh, different organizations in the area like Salvation Army, Daily Bread, you know, Runkin' Pratt on Leesville Road. So it's a combination mm-hmm. cool. uh, of both. And, yeah, that's really uh, cool. And then we also encourage people to go out and serve somebody uh, on their own uh, and so it's, it's a little bit of both but I have you know we have have some kickback and some people yeah. who say why don't we do service why don't we have service in person service and and send people out to serve and my answer is we've tried it and you know what happens people will come to church and they won't go serve <laughs> right mm. because right. we're used to coming to church and being consumers right yeah, yeah. where did you kind of maybe learn or hear about these kind of rhythms because that's very cool like are these did mentors give you these ideas did you find it in the scripture somewhere where did it come from it's it's really the lord and just looking out at how the church going back to that acts 242 and and uh, how the first church operated as you look at the book of acts a lot of the things that happen uh, in the body of christ are outside of the walls of the church yeah you know and, and so um you know, really just through prayer, because going back to when I told you, told you I got saved and brought up in a traditional black Baptist church, you mm. went to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and they preached against taking Sundays off. Yeah. And so mm. for us to operate this way is like completely outside of how I was brought up in church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also I tell our people, hey, we're having church. It just looks different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're having church. We're, we're yeah. out ministering to people, mm-hmm. and and we want to share the gospel as we serve, and and we want to be the hands and feet of Christ and mm-hmm. all that. And so, yeah, that that's really you know how how it came about. It's completely out of <laughs> what what I've, I'm used to, yeah. you know. And so, um, yeah, and so yeah, and people, you know, some some people uh, take take issue with it, but I'm okay with you taking issue that we're serving. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Maybe, um, I'd, I'd be kind of curious maybe to ask everybody this question. Mm-hmm. Like I know Patty said, like you're kind of searching for a church right now, but like, I would love to hear maybe everybody's story. Like how, how, how'd you end up at your church and what was that like? Mm-hmm. Can, can I say something before we yeah. move on to that and, yeah. and kind of answer, answer that question about uh, the kickback. But when I share our model with pastors, they're like, ooh. <laughs> a lot of times it's the people that come to the church that have the kickback, but the pastors are like, ooh. The pastors get it. I'd love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so go, go ahead. <laughs> um, are you looking at me to go first, Brian? Well, yeah. Okay, all right. I've switched churches a couple times, actually, since I've been at Lynchburg. Fun fact, one of my first Sundays here in Lynchburg was a third Sunday, and I did, in fact, go to Hope Co., and I went to locked doors. <laughs> I had just transferred to Liberty for junior year, I'm, I'm and sorry. I, like, peeked inside, and I think I saw, I think I actually went in. There was two ladies cleaning the... Um, the children's rooms. Yes. And I was like, do you guys want help? They're like, sure. I was like in a dress and I was like, 
yes. cleaning up kids' toys. But so, so. That, that's one of the things we do. <laughs> that we have once a month on that yeah. surf Sunday. We have people that come to the church and help clean the church. Yeah. Give, give it a deep <laughs> cleaning for the month. Didn't know so I was going to have a member. Yeah. And she's wiping down toys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marissa. You're welcome. Um, but I I started at Hope Co. Actually, a couple years, like four or five years back now. But COVID hit and everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I I grew a lot over COVID in mm-hmm. my personal worship time. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, it was something that I knew I needed to be in person. And I don't think Hope Co. was yet. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what do I do? Like, I loved Hope Co. Yeah. And I had a friend bring me to another church, which I'm no longer at, and had a season there of two years. And I grew up Pentecostal. So okay. um, I... I'm grateful for my background and it taught me a lot about Mm -hmm. the boundaries and expectations, but I did not learn an emotional relationship with the Lord as a human Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. that I like Imago Dei created in the image, body, soul, spirit, emotions, my full range of righteous emotions that I'm supposed to have were created in God's image. And I didn't know how to have that with the Lord and the church I went to for two years really built that. But by the time I was getting to that tail end, I, it wasn't about the emotionality anymore. That wasn't what my focus needed to be on. It needed to be on an all encompassing um, relationship. And so after that, I was kind of trying to find a church that was very biblically based. I went to another one and it was like, okay, but I wasn't married to it. And <laughs> Brian's smiling at me. I know why he is. Yeah. I, I just, I changed churches I'm again. I'm trying to get her to come to my church. Yeah. But she, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. Else is first, I don't know. <laughs> but I just, I changed churches again because, um, my boyfriend and I just started going to church together and that was something we both really valued in our relationship Mm -hmm. of having like Christ at the center of it all and taking that Sunday morning together, like worship together, listen to Mm -hmm. the word together. And he loves his church. He Mm -hmm. goes to Heritage Baptist and I've Mm -hmm. only been one Sunday, but like I really enjoyed it. And so that was kind of my journey of finding a church, finding that relationship that I needed with the Lord and then building my relationship with the Lord out into the people in my life and having it grow between us. So I feel like mine's kind of like a cop out like yeah. I go to I go to church with my boyfriend. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's, a, good it's thing. a good thing and it it's something is. that yeah. I think should be at the center of every and, relationship. And Heritage is a great church. Yeah, yeah. so great, great pastor. I'm really enjoying myself. So that's how I found my church. Right. Is a lot of stepping stones and I I don't think it's bad that in a season the church the church I was at was lovely, but it wasn't feeding me you know how you mm-hmm. talk about like milk and honey versus steak mm-hmm. i i had moved on to steak and i wasn't getting it yeah and yeah, so i it was time for me to move on but it was nothing against that church that's good yeah that's good when i first moved here 10 years ago i didn't know so i went to a nazarene church back home and so i tried the nazarene church here first and uh very welcoming um it's great experience and then i went and tried uh maybe six other churches, seven mm-hmm. other churches. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard because if you just go to a different one every week, you don't really get the full... You got to give it like two, like, three, four weeks. Yeah, like yeah. you have to give it a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, I just did one week at every church. <laughs> and then um, I went back to the Nazarene church and uh, Pastor Stephen was like, hey, Brian, I'm glad you're back. And I'm like, how do you remember me <laughs> yeah. from six weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. When you got hundreds of people in here, yeah, um, and that really went a long way for me. And since Absolutely. I had already had the Nazarene background from back home, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, these guys are very welcoming. They really want to want to know you on a personal level, and that that really meant a lot to me. Mm. 
And um, so I gave it the couple of weeks that that we just talked about. And, um, you know, it, it to me, just like we talked about, we had everything from college kids to older people. We had every every nationality you could think mm-hmm. of was there. It was it just yeah. so, so much just the the body of Christ really being mm-hmm. being shown there was, was something that really stood out to me. And, um, you know, so. That's awesome. why I ended up at my place, and now I'm serving on the worship team. Yeah, and, it's good. You know, also, say <clears throat> compassion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, a great church as well. Yeah, great pastor. Mm-hmm. Also, my neighbor. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, so, I cool. cool. love that. Yeah, love, man. Love, love Pastor Stephen. Great man. Stephen's awesome. Yeah. Great man. My uh, experience in searching for a church is my husband and I have been married for a little over a year. And this is the first time I've had to search with someone else and mm-hmm. take um, oh, yeah, their oh, opinions so into yeah. consideration. And um, my husband's wonderful, but we're also figuring out the leadership submission whole like mm-hmm. dichotomy mm-hmm. and how that works and how mm-hmm. to have these like very candid, grace-filled conversations about like, this was very uncomfortable for me. Or like, yeah. I really liked this, but it didn't work for you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like we've had to give it two, three, four, five weeks. And mm-hmm. so that's just a long process. Yes. Um, but yeah, like there's so many great churches in Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. So we are prayerful that we'll land in the right place yeah. and get to be Swiss army knives again. Yeah. See you on <laughs> Sunday, PJ. I know. Well, see you on Sunday. I'll be looking for you. <laughs> great. Happy Easter, right? Well, same thing that I always say to Marissa. Hey, we, we always use some more singers, man. Come on, come that's on right. down. Yeah, that's right. I miss leading worship. That was, come on I down. led worship for three years at my last church, like before wow. I moved to Lynchburg and yeah. really miss that like space. So yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, uh, that about wraps it up. I think. I think so. Yeah. Now, before you go, PJ, we yes, have sir. a game we play with all of our Uh-oh, guests. Uh-oh, okay. We do the icebreaker at the end of the episode. Okay. All right. <laughs> now that we've already met you and talked to you. <laughs> and set me up. Really. So yeah. we got just some really just fun personal questions, nothing okay. too, you know, yeah. too personal. But so you'll, uh, just, you'll just go read ahead and the pick question a card. once you pick it. And then uh, we'll read get to know you a little better. What originally got you interested in your current field of work? Wow. There we go. All right. Okay, so do I talk both sides? Well, they're, they're one and the same. Um, of course, uh, being in ministry, I, I work in the shepherd's office, which is like an office of campus pastors. Uh, I, I oversee uh, what's called the Athletic Shepherd Ministry. Mm. It's about two years old uh, here uh, on campus, and um, it's been a beautiful thing because I love, of course, I love the Lord. Um, I got saved again. I mentioned earlier when I'm in my mid twenties. Um, shortly after that, felt a call uh, to ministry after being being saved and got licensed and ordained and, and all that. And and um, but I also love sports, right? Yeah. And, and so uh, what I do right now at the university, be able to combine the two things that yeah, I'm really awesome. passionate about. Dream job. Yeah, yeah. it's man, it, it is amazing. And so so thankful. Before that, I was a campus pastor at Liberty Christian Academy mm-hmm. for about 12 years. And uh, it's the only reason I would have left uh, LCA. Because mm-hmm. I love yeah, the LCA, cool. I love the kids there, love the people, and uh, but this opportunity uh, came open, and so I love that, and so kind of um, that's one of the things that got me um, interested in my current field field of work. Um, of course, being saved, uh, <laughs> feeling a call, feeling yeah. a call to ministry, and a call to pastor pastor yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. and I feel like you know being in athletics, you know, definitely has the temptation 
of like, uh, you know, whether it's making yourself like this, this high up mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. um, or even just, you know, the crowds that you might end up hanging out with. Yeah. I mean, like there's a lot there that really needs uh, some spiritual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I share with a group uh, before that if we're not careful, our ability will become our identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm a, I'm a football player and uh, I played football in, in the past. And if, if I'm not careful, that'll become who, who I am mm-hmm. and I can get lost in that. Yep. And, yeah. and um, but who really who I truly am yeah. is, is a follower of Christ. And, yeah. and I should be seeking to give him all the glory. Yeah. yeah. That's what you see, like these guys like from the NFL who retire and then they're like, now what? Yes. You yeah. know, like their whole yeah. life's built on. Absolutely. And it's yeah. easy to get lost in. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Patty, what about you? Oh. Um, well, my current title is Associate Director of Media Development. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the privilege of overseeing creative projects and I I essentially like my elevator pitch is that I'm like a project manager for creatives Mm -hmm. Um, and I have been told literally since I was like four five six years old like oh you're so organized like you're so like regimented you're so linear you know like you keep things together Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a job maybe four years ago where my supervisor at the time said I don't know what kind of job like this would be, but you need to project manage creatives. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that existed either because I love creating things, yes. but I am also, you know, leaning towards the regimented linear. Mm-hmm. So I think my old supervisor, her name's Kathy, shout out to Kathy, <laughs> um, really lit the fire of like, this is a thing that I could do. And now mm-hmm. I do it and I adore it. So yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right. Well, that's it for this episode of the On Life podcast living in abundance wherever god puts you 